This is Kim Meyer, host of Choose to Rise. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. Disarming disability. Welcome back. Season two. Woo, woo. We made it. We are back, friends. Um, thank you for being patient with us as we took a little bit of a hiatus there to make a, a couple big steps in life in addition to make a couple really cool connections to some really cool guests. Uh, we have been very excited to get it back on the airwaves with you. Um, and this is Nicole Kelly and... This is Sarah Tupperty. And you're listening to... Disarming Disability! Maybe season five will get it right. <laughs> maybe. But it, maybe it's kind of fun. I don't know. Maybe that's sort of part of the process. We're just riding along in the car with you. Or we're um, at work with you, sitting at your computer, not working. You know? Like, that's what we're here doing today. That's exactly what we're here with you. Um, and for whatever reason, however you have stumbled upon us... We just want to really welcome you into our space. And uh, yeah, just we're excited to have you here with us again. This this journey for Sarah and I is just really a passion project. And we love bringing experts to you and having excuses to talk to each other. So thank you Mm -hmm. so much for joining us. Yeah, well, and they're topics that we really believe in. And, And it's been really beautiful since beginning this podcast. I think... Even if it didn't go anywhere, it just is like this content is important that I think should just exist in the world. And then within the past year, the level of like connection and opportunity that has happened and the level that people have really connected with it has been so um, humbling. And I've been very blown away um, by all of those things that just keeps reconfirming that this is important work that needs to be done. And I just am so thankful that I'm able to be in a space um, to be able to do the work. And that's really exciting. It is. And, you know, yes, I just like agree with everything you just said. And and if you're maybe somebody who's listening and for whatever reason kind of hopping in on season two, episode one, uh, Sarah and I are two 20-something-year-olds who were born with limb differences. So I, my name is Nicole. I was born um, without my left hand. So my left arm goes just below my elbow and then stops. And then Sarah, will you share about yourself? Sure, sure. So my hand uh, grows to about my knuckles and it stops at that point. Um, And then I had a couple of different surgeries when I was a child through Shriners Hospital. Um, And the first was a toe transplant surgery. So I have um, small toes as a result of it. And they took, um, my surgeons took bones from my toes and put them into my fingers as part of a research. And potentially that would help maybe grow a little bit so I could get a little bit of growth at the end of my knuckles that maybe would be functional. Um, uh, It ended up, being, you know, sort of, there's lots of sort of mixed results on that particular surgery. Um, and then the second one I had um, was a web deepening. So I wasn't born with um, the ability to oppose a thumb. Um, so again, my my surgeons at Shriners Hospital were able to create a thumb uh, for me, which is really exciting. And even just follow up, um, my surgeon uh, is Dr. James and, um, and then her father, Dr. James Sr., both did the first surgery. Um, and they're going to be our guests later on in the show. So yeah. I'm really excited for that. Um, which will be a really beautiful um, sort of full circle. Yeah. 
yeah, we'll tell you, we'll deep dive kind of into what this season, how it breaks down, but um, certainly bringing in people and experts who have literally been a part of our journey and affected our life just makes it that much more cool. So that's, that's what we're doing, or hopefully that's what we're trying to do. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Welcome. Um, and I think uh, quickly to go back to the note that you said too, that like, yes, we are both um, two sort of late 20s um, white women and we both know and um, like we recognize and we own that space um, and and we're not going to try to pretend that we're not those things um, and we're not going to try to pretend like we know all of the experiences of everybody. We we can speak from our own space and, and we know the lives that we've had and the variety of things that come with the lives that we've had. Um, and then we try to be really intentional to connect with experts and to really connect with, um, you know, what other individuals and voices are saying within the community. So I just want to say that, like, we acknowledge the space that we come from and really, um own that and and own that space but also I think part of what we've acknowledged that maybe is not so pretty that we're trying to fix is the fact that the current culture is teaching the younger generation still what we were taught still this idea um that that kids who look like us aren't going to be aren't going to live in an ableist world right and that's simply not true so I feel like um that's part of kind of the facts that we're facing and and this is a way to kind of try to write that and to try to kind of infuse our way into the culture and be the reminder that this disability world isn't scary and everything that you think and feel about your beautiful child is true and is still true when you embrace that disability pride right there's just a lot of answers on the other side of this bridge that you cross that you don't have until you're willing to cross that bridge. So come yeah. along with us, journey with yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. I um a whole year has passed and ah! oh gosh, so many things have happened. Sarah, Sarah, yes, you yes. have graduated from school. We are going to um actually highlight Sarah and Sarah because she has all of the credentials that she now has, which I'll make her list in a second. Uh she's <laughs> to join us as an expert yes. ah, ah, okay. <laughs> in a couple of episodes down the road she will be our expert and she's really going to talk to us um, about the focused work that she did and what she learned and kind of what that looks like going forward but yeah what, Sarah tell us about graduating and, hey, and what hey. do we call you now like do how oh many gosh. letters do you have <laughs> Right. Um, so yes, in September, I officially graduated as um, I, as a doctor of occupational therapy. So I have a doctorate degree. Um, so now I'm Sarah Tuberty, comma, OTD, which is the occupational therapy doctor, um, doctorate, and then comma, OTR, which means that I am registered occupational therapist. I took my board exams and I passed them. Um, they were very intense and kind of scary, um, but I made it, which is really fun. Um, and then I'm right now applying. I'm in the end of the application process for um, being licensed. So I'll be licensed for the state of Pennsylvania. I've moved back to Philadelphia um, and I've picked up my job as a flight attendant um, while I'm waiting for board studying and licensing and all those things um, and then really sort of moving forward in this alternative occupational therapy world, which is really exciting. So it feels great. I'm speaking people 
world right now. The entire <laughs> world is so proud of you. Right. And yeah, so it's just really lovely to be on the other side of that and to really come out um, and be graduated. And I wrote my doctorate dissertation and I presented on that. And then I got the email from the library that was like, dear Dr. Tuberty, like, congratulations, your paper has been accepted. And I was like, oh my God, what? Um, you started adding that like in your like um I guess you've sent me a lot of emails so in, I feel like I would have noticed it it doesn't say Dr. Sarah yet because no, I've it's changed a it up okay all right all right that's that's fair. Yeah. that's fair. <laughs> I have that in there um because I'm not a medical doctor but I do have my doctorate so it's sort of like a funky funky space um sure. but yeah so it's been it's been really good I'm really proud um it was a hard program um it took three years to finish and um but I'm really proud of all the work that I've done and truthfully that like reflecting on the person that I was when I started the program I felt that I was pretty like awoken to things and I felt like I was pretty confident in myself and I wanted to go in because I knew that I wanted you know I knew that my whole life was was a, a lot of like adapting um and I felt that I wanted to help others be able to create access and adapt but really like I know we talked about it in season one but like all of my disability studies classes really like shook my life in a way that I was not anticipating and so much of the like theory that we you're learning in school and the different like types of intervention and the different theoretical models for understanding people and place and context and time and um, who they are and what is it they want to do and what are the barriers they're facing and how can we help work with them to um, to create access and the things they want in their lives and and then realizing that like oh wait you're you're talking about me like these are all the things that I've had to do on my own my whole life Um, and and just completely freed myself from myself, which I think has been the most beautiful thing uh, throughout this whole process. And and just, I feel that I'm such a better human and that I'm able to give so many more, uh, just better things to the world. Um, and then there was a lot of really like looking at myself in the mirror and, and needing to address a lot of these very deep rooted insecurities that I wasn't addressing. And, um, it's been really exciting and I am so happy for the person that I am today. And just knowing that I have changed, um, significantly and I've grown so much in the past three years. Yeah, girl. Yes. I am so much of what you just said. Like, I want to ask you more questions of, but like that is full teaser of things that we will be digging into when it like Sarah's episode hits. Um, so much of that. I mean, the fact that disability studies rocked your world, like I'm going to have 12 questions about that for you. So be prepared. Um, (laughs) yeah, like, um, just what, what an accomplishment, you know, and it's just, again, I'm just so thankful that you are somebody in the space who is stepping up and is stepping up in the sense that you understand that there are gaps to fill and you're willing to do the work to fill those gaps. And it's not just because you're looking for attention. You wouldn't have gone away to school for three freaking years. You know, <laughs> that's what you were after. Um, right, right. Like, like you are, you're here for the long game. You're here for the end game. You're here for the community. And I just think that's so, so, so incredible and so important. So I'm just so thankful for you doing all of the sleepless nights and for continuing to hang out with me. Okay, thanks. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Of course. No, thank you. So fun things, Miss Nikki. Uh, you have some really cool developments happening in your life. Mm-hmm. Can you share us about some yeah. of those? Since we last saw each other, I got engaged. What? What? 
Yeah, I got engaged. Nate um, is now my fiance, which, by the way, I've decided is the stupidest word on earth. Saying it in casual conversation is impossible. Impossible. I've now been engaged for over a month. So in theory, I've had plenty of time to, like, practice the word fiance. But it just sounds my my fiance. Like, there's no way to, like, say it casually, right? Like, I feel like I have to be like, my fiance, Nate. My fiance, my fiance, you know, like I have to like twirl a bottle of like wine, a glass like of wine, something. Yeah, right. Like eat a chocolate um, afterwards. Like, oh, my fiance. Yes, right. Like, like fiance went to Italy. So my my upgraded boyfriend Nate. <laughs> <laughs> We're upgraded starting to plan wedding, and it's so exciting. Him. But yeah, no, he he actually really managed to surprise me. He was so excited. We went out with his whole family on a whale watching tour. And at sunset, he was like, let's go get a picture. And like his dad had brought on vacation, a nice professional camera. And so as his dad, I don't, I don't even remember taking a picture, but we did indeed take a picture. And then he proposed <laughs> with a beautiful like background out on the water. It was lovely. Um, it was so sweet. And it felt really, really like I thought I would be somebody who would be really embarrassed if it happened in front of people. But I wasn't. And it felt so special to have his whole family like there and watching it because then they were all part of it. So that was really good. And um yeah and it was like he I was totally speechless he totally surprised me um so now we're in the middle of planning a wedding which is insanely stressful but also very exciting Mm -hmm. and I actually would like to ask you a question now sure okay Sarah yes planning our wedding and planning all the people who are special to us who we want to be there will you come be a bridesmaid in my wedding (laughs) <laughs> she just asked me to be a bridesmaid. Oh my god, Nikki! I would love to be a bridesmaid. Oh my god, Nikki! She's come crying. <laughs> well, we were as we were talking about our people and like who we wanted to be with us that day. All everyone we came back to, we were like, who are the people who are like family? Who are the family? Like, who knows our family and who knows us? Like, who has been a part of us? And obviously, you are continually a name. So, will you please come join us? (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be so much fun. We're gonna have such a party. I'm so excited. I'm so excited and I'm so honored and like. Oh, thank you. Well, it makes my heart so happy. And I'm just, I'm so excited for you guys. And I, like, I'm just so excited for you. But I, like, I know Nate and I know your relationship with Nate. And I know the things that, like, you talk about and the way that you support each other and the way that you, like, work through things that come up. And it just is so beautiful to be like, wait, people can be like this. <laughs> like, I can stop dating these whatever people. I, I don't know. But um, they are like just part the- of humans who allow you to, like, be you in a relationship that exists that's real and they're like great to hang out with and eat tacos with too it's such a bonus <laughs> oh, oh my god that was so nikki that was so beautiful <laughs> for an hour and you didn't, say, you didn't even allude to anything i oh. so hard i don't like secrets <laughs> that's so exciting oh my god and then you're here with us like you guys all got to be here for that
And I cried. Um, oh. So much fun. But yeah, also in that time too, um, uh, I transitioned jobs and Nate transitioned jobs. So it's been really big changes for both of us. I work for an amazing company that I really, really love. That's really fulfilling. And um, Nate got his dream job working for the Chicago Cubs. So that also has been really great, too. So it's been a big a year of just like a lot of big changes, but um, in really, really positive ways. And, and I feel like in ways where um, before we started recording, we were talking about kind of like cultivating and shaping and like choosing and kind of patching together the way you want your life to look like. And you may have to like do things or take paths that are side paths, but you know eventually that these paths are going to kind of like weave together. And I feel like the past year has been at least a little bit of weaving that you've been trying to work towards have actually started to happen. Not, you know, not all on big picture things, but kind of on like personal home life things, things have really started to weave together. So it feels, it feels nice. Um, should we talk about what season two looks like for people? Absolutely. Okay, so we have um, a lot of really fun things are happening in season two. Um, I think, uh, so we're continuing on with the chapter system like we had done in season one. We felt that was pretty effective. We got good feedback as a result of that. Also, thank you for those who um, like all the messages and, and, and for those of you that filled out the form, all of that stuff was really helpful um, and we really appreciate it and we absolutely heard it. So there's some things that were actively changing in season two, some things that we knew that we wanted to change going into it before receiving feedback and then integrating that feedback. We're like, yes, we really want to take some of these things on. Um, so for the next season, in, we have our three chapters. Um, the first is going to be the medical model. So I think really exploring and speaking with um, like healthcare professionals in what does that look like as far as medicine um, in the world today? How is that supporting um, individuals that are encountering or, or navigating the healthcare system? Um, so we have three different speakers um, from there, which will be really exciting. Um, that's a space where I'll be sharing what my um, thesis project was. And um, just really cool to see and to really like explore the medical model um, a little bit more, which would be really cool. Um, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I think so adding to it, I feel like the medical model, um, a version of it gets a bad rap because Mm -hmm. it really is, you know, us, the people with disabilities feeling like we are nothing more than like a diagnosis or something that needs to be fixed. And so I feel like the people that we have found to bring in as our experts are are, um, just like quality caregivers who very much understand that and who have integrated um, into their lifestyle and into their work uh, really good ways to see the patient as a person, right? And to not be the medical model. So I just wanted to tack that on there. (laughs) About that. (laughs) And then the next chapter that we are going to talk about, we um, are talking about disability and sexuality. and, And we know oftentimes that um, people who identify within the disabled communities or, or the disability communities um, are often seen as asexual, that like they're not, um, you know, engaging in any type of like intimate relationships or or any type of like actual like um, sexually related practice 
Um, you know, because it's like, and I know the internalized ableism that I felt as a kid, it's like, well, why would anybody be with me? Because I'm broken. So just feeling like I'm this less than human, um, and, and not sort of like worthy of relationships or worthy of intimacy or, or sort of like, how does that relationship between like somebody who is both a partner and a caregiver and sort of really exploring, um, what that looks like. And then, um, sort of like what gender identity looks like in conjunction with, um, somebody that is, um, identifies with having a disability. So again, that sort of um, like intersectionality of those different types of things and sort of like how can we be seen as um, somebody worthy of, or, or like be seen as somebody who's who's worthy of like love and belonging and who is like able to, to love and belong to other people and not just like intimate partnerships, but also intimacy in the sense of like having close friends and feeling like really connected um, because sometimes medical complexities really... Um, you know, create significant barriers where like going to a coffee shop and hanging out with a girlfriend is something that is, is a very large barrier for some individuals to be able to just go out and do. Um, so that has a, has a negative toll on what our relationships look like. So really excited for that section. We have three speakers. Um, and then our final section, do you want to share what that is, Nikki? Yeah. So in our last section, um, so, so much of the fun and good feedback I feel like we got from the first season was just people really wanting to be active. How do we get involved? What can we do? Where do we go? Who are the resources? Which obviously we feel like every expert we bring to you hopefully is kind of a new spout of, oh, that's a, a person, that's a connection. Um, but in our third chapter this year, we really want to focus on organizations and people who are actively, actively, actively doing um, disability change, disability um, movement, kind of the activism part of being in this community and what it looks like to be an activist in this space. Um, because again, once you kind of wake up to your disability pride, the other thing that you wake up to is this idea of oppression and mm -hmm. this idea that we still have a lot of rights that we're fighting for. And if that gives you pause, as you hear me say that, um, I just encourage you to look at civil rights movements. You know, the mm -hmm. women's movement flows into, and you can go back and listen to our, our history um, episode to kind of be reminded of this, but the women's rights flow into um, race rights, flow into disability rights. It all, mm -hmm. they all learn from each other. They all go, um, they all kind of flow one to the other. They really kind of not whole hands, but they have a lot of parallels that are, are common themes. And those common themes are the fact that there are still um, rights that these groups are actively having to fight for. It's not an even playing field. And what are ways that we can actively um, make it an even playing field or ask that our country acknowledge and make changes for it to be more of an even playing field? Where is equity is the word, right? Where's the equity in the conversation? Um, anyway, so with all of that being said, we have three amazing people to bring to you who are activists in the best sense of the word and who are actively making incredible changes um, and also will be able to share with you really, really cool ways to get politically active if that is something you're looking to do. 
Yeah. And I really like that, that space to hopefully having like really tangible tools. So not just like ideas of like, okay, this is maybe a space I get to get into, but really building in what is that language? How can I go, walk into a space and feel really armed with the, the tools to be able to have an appropriate conversation that, that will be able to lead to change or try, try to find those new action steps versus like, okay, these are really cool ideas. Um, but, but that's, I think sort of the goal is like really having like, things that hopefully um, you can take with you and, and be able to use. Yes. I feel like all the guests that we have pulled um, have figured out the incredible toolbox of not just I'm here making noise in, in my own space, but here are ways to actually become a community and here are ways to collect the right data in order to, to bring forward correct statistics to people in order to sway conversation. You know what I mean? Like they have really, really good, um, tools in our tool belt to share with us. So um, super excited for our entire season and and think we have amazing like we guys, we have amazing experts this season. I cannot wait um, to jump into conversations with them. and I cannot wait for you to be involved um, in the learning of of as we go through this, what we learn and what we're sharing. Um, yeah, and to get engaged with this information. Yeah. Um, and just the, the speakers that we have, like, are truly change makers. Like, they're leaders in their fields. Um, and they're just so humble that they're willing to take time out of their lives to have this conversation, which just, like, helps reconfirm that this is so necessary and important. Um, and, and that we were able to pull all of these things together to help to help you, to help your family, to help, you know, people that you're working with or, or whatever that looks like. Um, and that they see value in these conversations and are willing to take it out. It's not just like, Oh, sure. I'll do Sarah a favor. Um, you know, people have reached out to us. We've had like really incredible people reach out to us and say, Hey, you know, if you need the speaker, we're willing, or, you know, we would love to be a part of this conversation. And they're like really prominent, um, individuals, which is really, really, really exciting. Um, and just, oh my God, it's gonna be amazing. Uh Um, and then we have a really exciting project too, that we've been building. Um, that's like a really fun way to grow and expand the podcast, um, further than being sort of us recording in, I'm, I'm in a hotel room right now and, and I know that you're at home, but, um, can you share what our project with, um, University of Northern Iowa is? So yes, Sarah, we're so excited to go into, um, we're going into university space and we actually are going to teach an entire day long workshop. We're calling it the Disarming Disability Leadership Workshop. And for a whole day, we get to work with college students and we're going to um, talk them through, you know, a little bit of what disability history looks like, a little bit of how Sarah and I got active in the space and what our stories may be. But really, the idea is to um, empower the next, empower the next generation. Where do you feel like your voice is? What gaps do you see? How do you see yourself getting active in those spaces? Um, and we are just so, so, so excited to be welcomed into that space and um, to have a university just like not not only welcome us with open arms, but really to just like embrace us fully and to allow us to just like come in and, and do our thing and learn and grow together with them is really special. So um, we're just so excited to go into that space and to expand out um, from our podcast and make make our connections um, real life. You know, this is a real life connection to the next generation that we're making. And we feel like that is so incredibly important. 
<laughs> and just and just so fun that it's like like really connecting the work from generation to generation that it's not like every generation has to restart everything or it's like oh man like this is something that we need it's like oh yeah you know you know people were working on it like 15 years ago and then but but really helping to facilitate that that connection and facilitate that education um so that people really are taking the next steps and so that if we can kind of cut down some of that that middle room there or just feeling like yes you can do this um and that you can take on and make change here as a college student um and and maybe that shapes people's careers maybe that shapes um what sort of their interest in which would be really lovely i have no idea but just giving them that space that like hey these are options these are things that we need to talk about um and and really how can how can we as as the generation that is moving into leadership roles um you know sooner in the you know social political and economic climates um how can we really make sure that we're setting them up for success when they become those leaders too um and making positive impacts for them so i'm really i'm just yeah i'm so excited good stuff it's good stuff so we're so excited to continue on um please stay with us this season uh if you again for whatever reason are joining us at season two episode one we encourage you um to hop back and dabble in season one if nothing more listen to that first episode so you get a little bit about a, a little bit better context about who sarah and i are and why we're here and kind of what our backgrounds look like um because we have a fire in our belly for a reason and these are lived experiences that we've had and uh, we just see this gap that we're passionately trying to fill and and we're so thankful that you're choosing to listen in and be a part of that journey with us um, because we think it's important and we want you to be along for the ride. Yeah. Yes, we appreciate that. Um, you can check out our website at disarmingdisability.com. On the website, there is a uh, episode page, and within each episode page, there is a transcript of the episode so that you're able to access that. Um, there is also discussion questions just to sort of help digest and reflect what was sort of talked about in each of the different sections. Um, and then you can uh, reach out to us through uh, disarming disability at gmail.com if you want any questions or if you want any types of connections or if you're interested in being an advocate profile you can send us an email there um you can also check out our instagram which is um at disarming disability you can send us a message there we check that out um if you're interested in being an advocate profile we absolutely love that and, and advocate profiles are um people who just want to help the disability community, whether um, they identify as having a disability or not, it doesn't matter. It's just sort of any type of work that people are doing that they want to share um, to help be uh, a disability advocate is what that space is. We want to give thanks to our network, Public House Media. For our intro beats, Jason Barnes with Cybernetics. For our logo art, we want to remember Patrice. You can find his work at normalpersons.com. So join us here next week same time, same place. We will drop this the next episode. And season two. Hell yeah, season two. Hell yeah, season two. We got it. We got it. We got it. See you next week. Bye. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.